Hey everyone, this is Sean Moore and Natasha Swayze from Operation Frontline Families. And you're listening to Caregivers Uncorked, our podcast, the show that talks about all things caregiving, specifically those topics that oftentimes are not talked about. And tonight, or I mean, I guess you may be viewing today, this in the today morning. or in the morning. Good morning, good afternoon, right? good night. Uh, good night. Um, we're going to talk about our first responder families. I am super excited about talking about first responder families because it is near and dear to my heart. And I, at the beginning of our first, the season one episode, we talked about why we changed our name from Caregivers on the Home Front to Operation Frontline Families because we did want to be more inclusive to frontline workers, firefighter, firefighter. It's like our shit shit firefighter. Um, I could say fighter fighters like my eight year old daughter, but um, nurses, uh, dispatch, all those frontline workers that we we really didn't recognize. I mean, as much as we started to during the pandemic, it's like that's when. I really feel like they started getting the recognition they needed and deserved um, because they definitely kept on working. That's right. And you mentioned shit chat. I want to make sure that you all stay on until the end of the show, about five minutes before the end of the show, we will get to shit chat. And that's just something that may be, what? Maybe has a burr up our butt and we want to talk about it. It so, can be up your butt this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess last episode it was up her butt. So anyway. Uh, but uh, why is why is it so near and dear to your heart, Sean? Well, um, some of you may know, um, but many of you don't. I was an officer with Kansas City Police Department for almost 15 years. I left in January of 2019. And, you know, one of the things that I really recognized through that time, as well as, well, first of all, I was a single mom for most of the time during the police, my, my days on the police department. And one of the things that always worried me was getting into something, a fight at, at work where I would come home and my girls would be able to see that and them not ever wanting me to go back to work again. So I, I think for me, and I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it's being female, being a mom, but I really really understood that family member dynamic. And that's one, just like in the veteran caregiver space, that we oftentimes don't talk about those families that say goodbye every day and not know if their loved one is going to make it home or not. And what that that burden must be, especially when there's something on the news that has happened, whether it's at home, you know, whether it's with your department or, or someone else's a crazy thing is it almost every time I go out of town, something happens um, where an officer got hurt or uh, unfortunately lost their life. We see you. 
we see those family members and we want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to support the family that says goodbye every day, hoping that their loved one returns at the end of the night or the next morning. And that's, um, that's got to be very stressful. Um, thinking about your role as a single mom, putting on the uniform, walking out the door, and just knowing that you were the primary provider for your daughters and still doing it every day. Yeah. I, I think for officers, I don't think we oftentimes think about that because um, if we do, it could cloud our judgment on calls. So it, it, it's a job. We go out, we do it, and you know we come back home. If you get caught up in thinking that you may get into something that you can't get through or you may lose your life over, I think that that puts you in a spot that you are unsafe to yourself and to those, um, your partner and to the community that, that you may be um, protecting. But I think it's different for our families, especially in our climate for the past few years around first responders and the, and the police. And a lot of officers are veterans, right? They are. Many uh, officers are veterans. And, and, I mean, here's a little tidbit, too. Natasha has a personal connection to the police department because she may be dating someone that is an officer. So you understand this, too. Yeah, I love them a little bit. <laughs> you love them. Oh, de- what? Look at that public uh, declaration uh, out, out to all of you in the universe here. Um, so family members. Is she, right? is she getting red? I no. think maybe I got her back a little bit from one of our previous episodes. <laughs> um, I'm blushing. So family members, you being an officer and working internally, what, what resources are there out there externally for family members that... Um, you know, if if I was married, okay, and I, we talked about this a little bit before we went live, but if a spouse was worried that their, their partner was drinking too much, dealing with all the things that come with policing, whether it's PTSD or whatever it is, how would they go about reaching out to someone for help? Because I think just like in the military veteran world, caregiving world, um, it has to be scary to want to come forward as an officer or a family member just for fear of, especially with your mental health, just a fear of um, maybe not being able to do your job or other people thinking that maybe you couldn't do your job. Well, and I think that's the problem that we've had for quite quite some time. Although I, I've got to give a shout out to um, but those departments that are coming around, they're offering that peer support, offering that mental health support to the officers, and and making sure making it okay to say I'm not okay. We can do that, but until we see that happening and know that it's okay to say something and you're not going to, you know, the biggest fear for police officers is getting your gun taken away and not being able 
to do your job if you say, hey, I'm not doing very well. So when we make it okay, and leadership has to do that, then we're going to get somewhere. Now, I do. I know there's some great programs here locally that offer that peer support for those officers, those dispatchers and call takers. Because that has to be, I think about just, oh my gosh, I, just all the stress that goes into any part of it, working in a department, just how stressful all of that is and how it does affect your mental health. Absolutely. And, you know, even our, the police department is made up of a ton of civilians as well, but because they're around officers, you get to, that's your family. That is your family. So even our civilians that work on the police departments, they need to make sure that um, they're being taken care of as well. And when it comes to family members and those civilians on the department, I, I think we can do a better job. And that's kind of for Operation Frontline Families. We want to make sure we are providing that those educational opportunities for what do you do if you see that your loved one is drinking too much? Um, they Look, that's a great way, not a great way, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, it's not a great way to uh, numb your problems, but- That's a that common happens. way. That's it's a common, a common way. way. Yes. yes, thank you. That's a common way of numbing um, your, your pain, your emotions. Those calls- are on top of you day in and day out. And oftentimes you you don't get that time to um, process. process. And we do it at the end of a, a bottle of beer or, you know, a bottle of whiskey or what have you, which our family members see that. Oftentimes other people aren't going to see that, but the family sees it. But they need to be educated, just like you said, you know, who do I call? How do I have that conversation with, with my loved one? What does post-traumatic stress look like? And when do I need to speak up for my loved one? What does it look like in, in, in a crisis? Uh, unfortunately, in this, this line of work, we have officers that are dying by suicide. Yet, just like in the veteran caregiver space, if we are not educating those family members on what to look for and who to contact if they see something that, that is just not, not going well, how are they supposed to know? Right. And I don't think we do a, a good enough job of that. And then I was thinking, too, um, what... I'm thinking of, you know, partners riding around in a car together for 10 plus hours a day. Are there, is there any training for officers? Is it a standard? Is it a norm for them to get training so that they can support that person that they they're in a car with 10 plus hours a day? Or, you know, um, what, what is their... Them or how would they take steps? So I, I have to give um, a fun fact out here first because th- you are in a car with your partner for uh, at, at the Kansas City Police Department ten hours a day. Um, one of my partners was the first one that knew that I was pregnant. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't his baby. So um, <laughs> there's that. So you do, you get really close to the people you're riding with, but oftentimes it, it is hard to say, Hey, I'm not doing well, or that call really affected me, but we have to make it okay. And I do believe that some departments, um, uh, and real quick, you're not pregnant now. Hell no. Um, just to clarify I, that. D- did it sound like I was? Cause <laughs> well, I guess you me. did say it's been, uh, that I'm you're not. not an officer right now. So, no, okay. And that's I'm not. I was like, Oh dear. I hope. This girl had a baby when she was 40. There's no more babies. Happening. Not this girl. That this girl. girl. <laughs> this girl. No more. That girl. <laughs> Love my baby to death, but uh, she's 13 now. But. No more babies coming but, out of this. Uh, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to clarify that because I feel like someone would just chime in on that and then, you know. Yeah, not happening here. But so back to <laughs> what do you do? I, I think we have to make a cultural culture at the police departments and, and fire departments and other um Hospitals, I, you I mean, name yes, it, yeah. trucking companies, gosh, construction. There's so many of our frontline workers where they can't come forward and say, I'm not doing well. That takes a leadership, leadership shift in making it okay for these officers and, and others to say, I'm not doing okay. But it also, like if you're you're a family member or you're happen to be an officer that's listening to this. We have to make it okay with each other. And we have to call each other out. N- Natasha and I do that. You, you know, when you are friends, you, you're not only coworkers. You become friends with someone that you're in a sector with, you're riding around for 10 hours a day with. Hey, be that friend. Be that friend and speak up. Yeah, I... And- Again, it's hard to have those conversa- conversations. It's scary. Um, I think a lot of times people don't want to ask because they don't want to know because how scary is that, you know, when a loved one tells you that, yeah, I am having thoughts. Well, it is scary. Or I have <laughs> attempted or, you know. Right. And that is scary for um, a, a family member. For sure. I've been through that. I, I can... Absolutely remember the first time that I did ask my husband if he felt like killing himself. Uh, I, I mean, I can remember it plain as day. We were in the bedroom and um, I knew he wasn't doing well. It may have been a little bit easier for me because I feel like I asked that question a ton of times as an officer. Yet when it's your loved one and you get the yes back, yeah. um, one, you need to know you have to feel comfortable enough to know what to do if you're going to get that yes answer. You know, then what? Do I call the police? Do I call if the person has a therapist? Do I call their therapist? Do we go to the ER? What ER? There's lots of things in that. And and there's lots of misconceptions too with that. You know, people that aren't in the mental health field, they think, uh-oh, someone's suicidal. We have to lock them up somewhere to prevent them from harming themselves. But... <laughs> That's a great point to make. I actually thought that when I first met my husband. I I didn't know what I didn't know. And someone can have... Well, it's common sense. I mean, it to, it's really common sense to think that. Like, we have to keep this person safe, so let's put them somewhere where they don't have access to anything that would 
harm them. Right. But that's not the case. Right. Right. It's not the case. It, we can have thoughts of harming ourselves, not have a plan and not have any intention of, of killing ourselves. So for those family members who get that yes answer, there are other questions that to follow up with that. And, and for those that are listening that um, may be in this spot themselves, 988, make sure you know the crisis line is 988. We all may need that. And family members can call that. If you don't know what to do and you have a loved one, you have a child that um, you believe isn't doing it well, you can call that number 988 and get some professional help. You can ask questions in case you don't know what to do. And I love that um, we are more inclusive now in our organization with family members um, and we're national. So we're not just talking KCPD here, even though we love KCPD, right? For our personal reasons. But um, our organization can provide services to any frontline family all over this country. So I think that's pretty cool. So if you're listening in South Dakota or Texas, anywhere, um, Florida, North Carolina, anywhere in the country, we have services for those loved ones, for those family members and the children in the homes. Absolutely. And so with, we did not change our mission. We've always done that. I think our biggest thing, um, many frontline worker families do not identify as caregiver. So we were missing you all. And we don't want to miss you all. We want to make sure that um, my passion from working on the police department shines through and we support you as well. Um, we know that it's a difficult lifestyle and you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And we want to be able to impart that our 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 um, trial by fires to you. So maybe you don't have to go through something that maybe we have gone through. And uh, our our name, I, I love how you said it's always been our mission, but our name changed um, because of wanting to be more inclusive. And those frontline workers, I, I could kind of see how they are, why they would not identify as a caregiver because Lots of times people think caregivers are, um, they help their aging parents or they are caregivers to someone who cannot physically care for themselves, who are in bed and, you know, can't care for themselves. No one, I'm not going to say no one, but lots of people don't think that caregivers also help those people with mental health challenges. And I think that's a huge one. And I... I'm assuming it would be a huge one in the in the front line, um, first responder, police, firefighting, medical world. It is. And I want everyone to know and and really understand when you are you're loving on a loved one that has some mental health challenges, whether that be your spouse, your partner. Um, one of your kids, that's challenging. It's challenging. If you're not getting that support yourself, you can find your, your own self 
in the spot of your loved one. Um, I've been there. I've done that. And that, that is one reason why we're here. It is a difficult, it's a difficult task, especially when you're not being recognized for what you're doing behind the scenes for that person who does have some mental health challenges. You may be making sure they get out of bed. You may be making sure they take a shower and they're grooming, um, doing their personal hygiene every day. You may be monitoring them when they aren't doing well or they have those thoughts of suicide. There are so many things. And we we can't put past the fact that um, many of these frontline workers firefighters, police officers, everything else that we talked about, you get hurt on duty. So there's physical aspects there too, where you may not be a caregiver long-term, yet you may be a caregiver for a little bit because of some on-duty injury. And you need support through that. Plain and simple. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. And so with that, I do want to let everyone know that we do have programs and they're getting ready to start up our trauma reboot. I think that's great for, um, that's a great program for family members to plug into. Um, and I, I think a lot of them will find that they may have some trauma because of their partners or spouses service. Um, and going back to childhood trauma, there's a lot of, um, different traumas that come up in that class. And I, but I think that's a great group um, for first responder families. I think that our home front hangout for those kids in first responder families um, is it's our peer to peer support for them. And I think that's a, a great way to connect other kids to those family members, to those kids in first responder homes. Yeah, because it's different. We know it's different for our kids. Um, You know, not many have parents that um, go to work and may not come home and where we may not be telling our kids that, yet they watch watch TV, they, they have their phones, they know what's going on probably more so than... Uh, we even we even think. I, I know my kid <laughs> knows way more. Her her dad is is still an officer, and I know she worries about that and and thinks about it a lot. We have to recognize that we may not see our kids voicing their concerns, but I can guarantee you they're thinking about it. And if we put them around other other. Um, first responder kids. One of my daughter's friends is a a first responder kid. And I know that they talk about things and given we've got to make sure that our kids are in that space to be able to do so. Yeah. I can't imagine being a a child and especially like you said, in this climate um, where so much hate has been thrown at our officers. Um, I, I can't imagine being a child and knowing what's, and maybe not knowing specifically, but just knowing uh, just a little bit how scary that would be. It is because that's just mom or dad, right? That's just their mom or dad doing their job. And, um, it, it is scary. Yeah. So with that, I kind of ended. I'm like, 
Oh, that's it's, it's don't end it, it like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know it made me kind of sad to think about those tiny people that, you know, um, it is sad. But our organization, Operation Frontline Families, has great programs to help support those kids and family members. Absolutely. Yeah. And we want you to um, check our website out, operationfrontlinefamilies.org. There are our programs are on there, and we cannot wait to get our um, frontline workers, family members involved in what we're doing um, and, and giving you maybe that, that peace of mind of being around others and that education that you may need to help your loved one through, through their challenges. It's not an easy, it's not an easy environment. And with that... Comes our shit chat. Shit chat. (laughs) And what's that going to look like today, Natasha? Well, no, you're the one that you're supposed to go for. Oh, boy, I'm supposed to go for it. You know, I think for me, um, my time on the police department was one of the best times. Okay, but this is shit chat. So I'm going to do a little shit chatting. Our leaders have to make it okay for us to speak up and say, I'm not doing well. And they don't need to go, well, that's bullshit or don't believe you. And also, one of the things that really, really was difficult for me, really difficult, was being an officer and watching our department do everything for family members who had maybe been in a car wreck, um, had a medical diagnosis such as cancer, and how our department rallied around those officers and that family. Yet, when my husband first attempted suicide, there was no support. Um, Very few reached out to me and asked if I was okay. And this was after staying home for three months from my job. It's difficult. Mental health challenges should be the same as physical health challenges. And if you know of your neighbor, your your fellow officer that may have a family member that's going through something mentally, know that they should be supported just like the person that has cancer. They also need help. Uh, Many times when a loved one is inpatient, visiting hours happen to be right at dinner time, which is another shit chat topic, but we'll save that one. It would really have been nice to get some meals delivered. It would have been really nice to have somebody mow my yard, even though I'm capable. I get it. Yet I had a lot on my mind. Right. And I had children that I was supporting as well through through that crisis. See physical and mental health as one in the same. We must make it okay for people to speak up about our mental health and not have any judgment thrown our way. Just like if I said, I have cancer, I know everybody would rally around me, but would you rally around me if I was going inpatient? 
Yes, because I, I would. wasn't. I know you would. I would and I know a lot no, of No, they wouldn't let me bring you dinner. I was going to say I'd bring dinner, but no. Uh, some program. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah. that that's my that's my shit chat. Let's make it okay for those that are having mental health challenges to speak up, to get that help that they need while we're supporting the family and what they need as well. I will tell you, I had a great officer from a different department call me and reach out, the ones that did respond to my husband. And that was, man, it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're calling me and making sure I have resources. It meant the world to me. But we have to do that internally on our own departments. With that? With that, everyone, go follow us on Caregivers on Court on Instagram, on Facebook. Check out our YouTube where you can see us, not only listen to us, uh, subscribe, like, share, do all that. And we'll see you next week. Bye.